Charles, thanks for spending your Memorial Day weekend here Sunday afternoon with me. Hopefully you're floating. Got a, your beverage of choice. I love lemonade. I would be the lemonade queen. If I, and at the state fair where they have those real lemonade stands, you know, I could sit there and just, just okay, here, fill her up. Fill her up. Oh, they got just, I've tried it, and I'm one time I made it, and it's either too tart or too sweet. It's not just that right where it's like, oh, God, it's just, and that taste. I'm, now I'm, I'm tasting that in my mouth. <laughs> uh, okay, World War One. Guess how many Americans died, and more than those were from diseases, too. Do you think it was uh, uh, 95,000, 110,000, 116,000? Um, the middle one. <laughs> uh, no, it was 116,516. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Americans oh. died in the World War One, but more of those, half of that was from diseases also. Wow. Something. That's All crazy. Right. Well, let's go back to Andy. Andy, you still with us and the family in another car? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're home now. We're home. Oh, you're home. Whoa. Okay. Uh, I know. <laughs> oh, you were on hold for long. Sorry about that. <laughs> but anyway, okay. So uh, now go ahead, uh, Jess, you're saying because, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. So with the raw food. So basically, um, because of AFCO, the American Association of Feed Control Officials, so the food has to have synthetic vitamins and minerals in it. Like it has to, ful- in order to fulfill the AFCO requirements. And only then can they put on the label 100% complete and balanced. Ah. So if they're not going to add stuff to the food, if it really is just going to be meat, bone, organ, and maybe some veggies, then they have to put on the label for supplemental feeding only oh. or not a complete diet. I did not know that. That I so, learned something. Hey, pay to come more work today. I yeah. learned something. So, but that, so for our purposes... That it that doesn't mean anything, right? So you can absolutely feed your dog that stuff and not yep. feed it anything else necessarily. Some dogs don't like fruits. Some dogs don't like veggies. And so at my house, I just don't make them eat them. Mm-hmm. If they don't like them, they don't have to eat them. Right? Wow. So he eats a little grass. I guess that'll keep him healthy. There you go. That's a salad. They, they do like grass this time of year. <laughs> yep. They have, yeah. yeah. As long as he doesn't throw it up. If he's just eating it, he just needs a salad. Yeah. But like for right. Okay. Yeah. But but also, but he's a little dog too, and so you wouldn't want him to eat a whole bunch of that stuff anyway. So, mm-hmm. like one of my dogs is nuts about pineapple, and he's like a forty five pound dog. So I'll let him have five or six chunks of pineapple, mm-hmm. but then I will cut him off. I mean, really, he can't digest <laughs> that much even, and mm-hmm. he can't digest more of it, right. even though he's still standing there. Like, how come you're not giving me any more? <laughs> and then, like my shepherd will. The only vegetable he actually likes is parsnips oh my which i think are disgusting so. hey i like them oh god well my not husband, raw they gotta be cooked yeah my husband does too so he makes parsnips oh, okay. a couple times a year okay I love and them. then anton will just eat them till his heart's content but mm-hmm. otherwise sometimes he'll put vegetables in his mouth and kind of chew them up and let them fall back out <laughs> everybody else will come and pick them up yeah but he doesn't eat any fruit okay you know he's not interested in that and so basically if they don't want it i just don't make them eat it you know now do you give treats during the day at all He's not a big treat guy. So oh, good. We, 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 I mean, for training, but that's okay. about it. Is he overweight at all? No. Okay. Are you sure? <laughs> he looks pretty, he looks pretty Well, he's a Chewini. Well, oh, I know, but still, yeah. you know. Yeah, he looks pretty skinny. Okay. okay. Good. You can see his ribs. Well, what, what are you using for treats when you train? We were using, like, we were making tuna fudge, uh, which is like tuna and flour and water. Um and uh, what were we? What else were we doing? Just some little chicken chunks or cheese chunks or 
that kind oh. of stuff. <laughs> That's pretty inventive. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I was impressed. That's a good idea. You've got to be careful with the big fish. You mentioned salmon and tuna. They're heavy metals, so don't, you know, heavy heavy metals, so to be careful. Really? I would think the flour would be interesting. But but you could do it with, um, like, uh, like my friend Lori. A little Lori. egg in there kind of binds it together. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, my friend Lori, she uses like, you know, ground turkey and sweet potatoes about half and half, some ginger, some cinnamon, and you bake them into cookies. I can't take credit for this. It's our trainer, Jody's recipe. Oh, so. there you wow. go. There you go. Yeah. No, um, no that, but, but see, also, too, you got to remember, how many pounds is he? He's uh, pushing eight, probably. Eight, okay. Because you got to remember, a, a lot of the, the if you have a, a specific, specifically a, a, a big training day, he's going to be full, you know, so then when child comes, he's not going to be as hungry. Yeah, so you got to watch, you know, mm-hmm. pay attention to that too. But now, mm-hmm. yeah, but, he'll fill up on that stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So then all of a sudden they they think you think he's picky. Well, he's just not hungry. Mm-hmm. And then also mm-hmm. too, like I, like Jess just said, some don't like vegetables, some don't like fruit. You know, what I mean, just got to roll with the punches. Just to, I, and then I, like I said, I learned something new that I didn't mm-hmm. realize at that. Yeah, but I you think made, you made me feel better. There yeah, you go. Yeah, because I think going with one of those foods is is a pretty good idea, right? Because dogs, you know, they can't eat just meat. You have to have meat and bone. And then a little bit of organ here and there. And so using one of those formulas, if your dog only ate that and refused to eat any fruits and veggies, you would still be fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. How's cool. that? Yep. Thanks a lot, you guys. You get, you bet. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks you for the too. call. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Chowini. I, I got to yeah. say that is funny. It's almost bad when Labradoodles first came out. You know, yeah. I just I love saying Labradoodles, and now I don't want to say Labradoodles anymore. Because <laughs> they doodle everything. Oh, it's just crazy. They, the craziness. The golden doodles are more nutser than the Labradoodles. They really are. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, okay, who's up? Okay, we have Abby on the line, and Abby has a question about her cat that was prescribed with something, and she wants other options than the prescription diet. All right. Hey, Abby, how you doing? Hi, I'm good. Good, good. So the prescription diet. Yes, everybody knows where I stand on that. And yeah. So, and so um, oh, maybe Dr. Jess will t- take uh, some other I, than I don't pres- know. What, 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 what is wrong? Wait, what's going on? What was? Yeah, so I have a cat. Um, she's two years old, and she's had probably a relatively stressful life. She's a shelter cat. Then the last year, she's had a leg amputated. Whoa. And recently now, she's been diagnosed with FIC or feline idiopathic cystitis. And the vet I went to um, diagnosed her with the condition and basically told me my only treatment option was the urinary SO diet. Mm-hmm. And I guess when I purchase food for her, I I try to purchase higher quality food with meat as the ingredient. She eats a lot of wet food. And I don't like urinary SO. And when I was looking for other options, he told me that there really wasn't any. So I'm looking for any recommendations you might have as what I can supplement a more nutritionally balanced diet with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so here's how you treat uh, idiopathic cystitis in cats. Wow, Mm -hmm. can you spell that? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so so uh, for for everybody else out there so th- this this just means this used to be called uh flutd or you know feline lower urinary tract disease oh, or right. feline urologic syndrome used to be called fus now i guess they're calling it feline idiopathic cystitis basically mm-hmm. cystitis just means that the bladder is inflamed aka unhappy unhappy and that nobody knows why. That's the idiopathic part. All right. And so all you need to do is happy up your cat's bladder. And here's how you make your cat's bladder happy. So you feed, start with a grain-free canned food in, yep. in great variety, different brands, different proteins, different flavors. Yeah. And uh, 
Don't feed any dry food. Dry food is not friendly to your cat's bladder. Dry food is pro-inflammatory. No cat should be eating dry food. And segue into raw food, because raw food is a really good answer for these cats. And same thing there. You need to have variety in your proteins. Um, There's a lot of different uh, raw food companies out there who are making raw food for cats. Finally. At my house, we make our own, because that's what our cats prefer. Um, We. That was the royal we, by the way. Um, And then uh, get your cat a chiropractic adjustment and probably more than one because most of these cats who have cystitis basically need to have their spines adjusted. Um, And that's what chiropractors do. What area do you live in? Um, Chanhassen. Okay, so... uh, Dr. Rebecca. Yeah, Becca Amstutz uh, at perpetualmotioncairo.com. Okay. Um, so she's up and down the west side. And and there are other people, too. So you can also just call your veterinarian and ask who they refer to. Okay. Um, since you'll need a veterinary referral for that. Um, okay. And then uh, probiotics and enzymes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So get yourself some sort of probiotic enzyme, typically in a powder or a capsule. Or if you ha- take them yourself, you can share them with the cat. Um, yeah. And just sprinkle a little bit on her food every time you feed her. This is okay. also a case, you know... Um, Standard process that we were just talking about, they make um, a feline renal support. And even though renal means kidneys, that yeah. their renal support formulas actually address the entire urinary system. So oh, wow. it's kidneys, ureters, bladder, urethra, okay. like it does yep. the whole shebang. Okay. And so this is where I use the feline renal support for these cats. Um, I will say, too, on the standard process, on their feline supplements, it says something like to give one tablet with food twice a day. You know, these are cats. Like, I shoot for one tablet per day, yeah. and if you can get that done, hands you're down, done good. you win. Right? <laughs> and you know what? And with some cats, you can get a quarter of a tablet per yeah. day, and that's awesome, too. You know, that's still okay. going to be helpful. And then if you have some sort of um, omega-3 or fish oil or something like that, same yep, same. already th- on that. Okay, perfect. Yeah. yeah. So, absolutely. There you are. Okay, and my other oh, question and, was... and um, stop vaccinating your cat and don't dump chemicals on her to keep the bugs off. Right. Yeah, oh yeah, we've never done that for her. Um, my other question was... And don't was, use Febreze, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or diffusers. Um, I was reading on Dr. Becker's website, uh-huh. and one of the things they recommended was adding a DL-methionine supplement to the diet to help prevent the formation of urinary crystals. Is that something you would recommend? No. So, no. so methionine is an amino acid that will right. acidify the urine. And so we used to use that when cats had bladder stones. This is like old school. Uh, when cats had um, bladder stones and their urine was theoretically too alkaline. But actually your, urine, your urinary pH is driven by your diet. So just okay. go ahead and find your way. You got a young cat. This is a great time to switch her over mm-hmm. gradually to a raw food diet. And her urine pH should be in the correct zone. But manipulating it with amino acids or other chemicals, like we used to use potassium citrate to alkalinize the urine sometimes, is honestly like only moderately successful and also has side effects. Okay. Okay. Does that help you? Yeah, it does. All right, kiddo. How can they get a hold of you, Dr. Jess? Uh, through my website at holistic-vet-care.com. All right. Thanks for the call, right. kiddo. Have yeah, a great thank day. Thank you okay? very much. You betcha. Okay, folks, we're going to run. How many uh, in the uh, Operation De- Desert Storm, how many lost their lives in Operation Desert Storm? We'll be right back. Hey. I want to thank you for spending uh, your Memorial Day weekend Sunday with
my, myself, uh, Carly, and Dr. Jessica Levy, holistic vet. Ob's, ob's, yeah, do, do, Operation Desert Shield or Desert Storm. Okay, how many were, uh, who, how many died? Okay, 135, 148, or 168? 168. Nope, oh, it was 148. Ah. Okay, okay, but you ready for this? 148 what? U.S. battle deaths. And yeah. 145 non-battle deaths. Oh. Figure that one out. Oh, sure. 148 well, there's U.S. Always battle be like deaths. Helicopter accidents. Yeah, and yeah. 145 non-battle Friendly deaths. Friendly fire. Friendly fire, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a battle accident. Uh, sure. Maybe. You know. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 Okay. Let's. Hey, you got a question for Dr. Jess or myself? 651-641-1071. Who's up next? Okay. We have Carrie on the line and she has a question. So we were just talking about diffusers and yep. not using them. Yep. She's wondering if you can elaborate a little more. Ah, we had Dr. Uh, we had, uh, you know, what's her face? Uh, Amy, yeah. Good <laughs> old what's her face? <laughs> uh, Amy DeLong on, and she was talking about that. Was, that was about a month ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hey, Carrie, how you doing? Good. How are you? Thank you for taking my call. Well, thanks for calling. Uh, when I had Amy DeLong on, you can go to her website is amywilliamsdelong.com, and she's one of the uh, only, I think, two or three certified oil uh, pre people in the whole state of Minnesota certified for pets. All right. And so one okay. thing that she said with all this, well, it's scented candles too, but the big thing with everybody doing these diffusers and such like that, that it's heck on the pets. And so that she strongly recommends if you're going to use diffusers, it is only maybe for one or two hours a day. Okay, a day, not twenty four seven, because it's really hard. just like what Doctor Jess mentioned is to find an oil that you know to put on a bandana that your pet likes. You know, like I hate lavender, so so I think that's funny too. That you don't either, right? But anyway, and so that if somebody put that oil on me, it would drive me insane. You know, I would be like, I want to scratch my eyeballs out because it's like I can't take this. So you got to find an oil that you know, number one, that's your dog's gonna like. But then to she, I can't remember what how she cuts it down she cuts it down to a minuscule in the diffusers you know to because you know that a dog's nose is i think seven thousand times you know more than ours as far as what they you know what the capability of smelling is and same with our, our cats aren't at that great but the whole thing is is that when you got a dog that is through their you know through everything that's through their nose that is overwhelming for the pets and so that's why she strongly recommends that if you're going to use a diffuser or if you have pets in the home, that, you know, maximum two hours a day. And you can write to okay. her by amywilliamsdelong.com and you can talk okay. to her more about it because, it, like I said, it's, and see, I was into that too for a while, but then I was getting a headache from that stuff. And it's just, and I can only imagine, you know, what my dogs, the same with scented candles. I didn't even put scented candles, you know, together with that. And that drives some dogs, you know, over the edge. Mm -hmm. And so there's still, I'm still, remember, Carly, I'm still trying to find that old people smell yeah i can't yeah. stand it, it, it's some, yeah. some oil that smells like old people and i don't know almost sort of mothballs but anyway and, and and i gotta try to i still i've had smelt it a couple times and you suggested carly suggested to go up and say say what smell are you wearing so that maybe i can find it before it's i can... called taboo yeah taboo <laughs> I so, guess. Yeah, so that was the big thing. She was saying that how sensitive our pet, okay. our dog's nose are, that you could have, sometimes it causes them to be a little bit neurotic. Uh, you know, things that are supposed to calm them doesn't because they don't particularly care for the smell and it's overwhelming to them. 
And so that's why, like I said, yeah, give her a holler, you know, an email her, and she'll I be will. happy to answer it. Okay? Oh, great. Thank you so much. You have a great day. Thanks for the call. Thanks. Bye-bye. Yep. Yeah, because you know what I do for one thing? I think all essential oils smell bad. They're like too strong for me. And I don't even, I have a lousy sense of smell. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't even smell anal glands, you know. Oh, uh, whoa. <laughs> hey, I, I Is that like, something you really want to yeah, smell? Yeah, really. No, it's, yeah, like, it's a blessing. I would exactly. say that is a blessing. No, this, this has been very beneficial to me in my work that <laughs> yeah. I can't smell these things. Exactly. I mean, but I have a lifetime of cleaning up poop and pee. So mm-hmm. my ability to smell things is like, you know, negative. Wow. And essential oils I find overwhelming. So what I did, I got this book. Um, that with uh, essential oil diffuser recipes. And I love this book because I cannot put any combination of essential oils together by myself because, like I said, to me, they all smell bad. Okay. So this book has a whole bunch of suggestions with just three or four oils, basically, per recipe. So it's got like a section for when you want to increase your energy or if you want to relax or if you have a headache or if you're getting a cold or, you know, it's got a bunch of different chapters. And then in each recipe, it'll say, uh, like, you know, three drops of this, three drops of this, and two drops of this. And so I always cut it down by a drop. Right. So I'll use, if it says three, three, and three, I'll use two, two, and one. Mm -hmm. Because I'm trying to use as little as possible Mm -hmm. so it's not overwhelming. Right. So. Oh, that's. And what book is that? uh, It's just some essential oil diffuser recipe book that I got on Amazon. Okay. And I really like it. Google it, Nancy, right? Yeah, it's a it's a skinny little book. Skinny little book, diffuser recipes. Uh, yeah, see, I don't know. See, I'm not. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I just don't get into. I love the smell of cinnamon. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's that's good. a good one to yeah, like. I like yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm dad of oh lilacs, real lilacs. You know, like with the lilacs, I've been in heaven. I've been mm. setting in my driveway because we have a big lilac bush. As you come up, oh, this year it smelled so good. And I was having classes, and, and I, I could see everybody walking by. They all in, inhaled as they walked by. Wow. But the, the real lilac, you know, smell, real lilac. Oh, I love that. Oh, well, well, nature always smells good, but, you know, the the essential oils, for one thing, um, I do buy essential oils that are labeled organic. Whether or not it's meaningful, I don't know, because I don't know what's going on with organic okay, standards yep, as yep, they pertain to right. essential oils. But I would rather buy ones that say that they're organic versus ones that don't. don't. Yeah. And then, you know, it should always say on the essential oil, like how it's produced, whether it's steam distilled or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and then um, uh, what was the other thing I was thinking of? Uh, you know, you have to look at the source that you're getting them from. So because like, you know, we not oil, or not least, all oils are the same. And that's right, why right. Like if you me, pay two bucks for this bottle and yeah. 45 bucks for that bottle, there's a difference. Right. And me personally, like I have no way of knowing if the oil is adulterated or if it's been cut with something else. Because like I said, because you know how what does like, adulterated mean adulterated means that they it's pure form that adulterated means that there's like a cheaper oil added. Oh, to, okay. To okay. increase the oh, okay, volume okay, or something okay. like that. Okay. So, like you were saying, how you and I can't stand lavender. So then, um, I had a client come in and she brought her essential oils with her, and her lavender actually smelled good. Oh, and so I'm like, ah. Oh. So the one I got, I got it from a trusted source, mm-hmm. but maybe it's a different. Like I wouldn't know if it's a different variety of lavender mm-hmm. or if it matters where it was grown or something like that. Well, so, even with the lilac, I've got three different lilac bushes. Yeah. 
And each one has a different lilac. The, the one yeah. that's a real deep purple, that one smells like, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, they, it, you know, it's a more potent lavender is what it right. is. Right, because like, you Not know. Not lavender, lilac. lilac. Yeah, because they're, so um, I've been getting a lot of them from Mountain Rose Herbs because that's where I order the herbs that I use for horses um, and for my own horses. And so, like, one thing that they say about their herbs is if you look on their website and you're like, oh, where does this one come from? And they'll tell you. It's grown in Egypt. It's grown in Romania. It's grown because there is. Um, it's valuable to get the herbs from. Like it's important to get the herbs from where they would naturally grow. Grow. Oh, that makes sense. As opposed to if we bring something up to Minnesota and grow it here, and it's something that would not naturally be, be found here. in this part of the world. It's it's going to be different. Like it's going to not have the same medicinal properties. Yeah. And so that the essential sense. oils are also similar in that regard because they're made from plants. Yeah, that makes sense. It really does. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Uh, see, see, Carly's over there pointing. <laughs> what? What? Yes. Okay, well, come back. we got to touch base on heartworm. All right? That's another thing I've been calls. Heart meds are not, and then how year-round or what, and then how does heartworm work? So you want to address that when we get back? Okay, Vietnam vets go hog wild in 1988. Does anybody remember that? We'll be right back. All right, there you go. Everybody's floating on the river or you're floating on the lake or you're floating in your pool. There you go. I can see all you guys are bobbing your head. Cheers! With whatever beverage that you're choosing to drink at this particular point. Okay, Vietnam vets go hog, whole hog. On Memorial Day weekend in 1988, do you remember what happened? I wasn't, I I was just born, I was born in March of 88. Oh, then you you might not. I don't know. (laughs) Well, you should have. You were born before, you know, but anyway. Do you have any idea? For the Vietnam vets. Um, I didn't move back to the States until I think October of 88. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, then I'll let me enlighten both of you. <laughs> I was like, Thank please. You. Okay. Please. A Memorial Day weekend in 1988. Hog Wild sounds like motorcycle. Yeah. It does. It reminds me of the um, movie. Twenty-five. Yeah, I saw that. Wild Hogs or whatever. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 2,500 motorcycles rode into Washington, D.C. for the first Rolling Thunder rally to draw attention to the Vietnam War soldiers still missing in action or prisoners of war. By 2002, the ride had swelled to 300,000 bikers, many of them veterans. There may there yeah, there may have been a half a million participants. Boy, I could talk. Participants in 2005 is in what organizers bluntly call a demonstration not a parade <laughs> a national veterans rights group rolling thunder takes its name from the b52 carpet boat bombing runs during the world the war in vietnam okay so b52 carpet bo- bombings runs during the war in vietnam i know my husband's a vet, vietnam vet and you know that was not good with all those they yeah you talk to a lot of those vets some of them now are starting to you know talk a little bit more about it mm. but i mean that was it was not a good one but it is what it is i tip my hat to all veterans all veterans uh whether you're pushing a pen or whether you're pushing a rifle or the field or the guns or whatever you know what i mean i tip my hat because the thing is is that you you enter into it not knowing how you might wind up serving your country it may may take your life you know in some for the love of country they accept death that's the thing when they go into being in service and that james a garfield said that for the love of of country they accepted death all right. Okay. I've got a question. Give a holler. Open line. 651-641-1071. Okay, Dr. Jess. Heartworm. That's another one. 
We want to get on board. We talked about this, I know, a couple times already, but people just either didn't hear the program or they, but they keep, I still, what? between the Did ticks, not yeah, really, the there you go, or they, they you know, they, they didn't have the listening ears on. And heartworm is another thing too, you know, I have never done heartworm for preventative. Mm-hmm. I have never, you know, I don't, I don't do chemicals on, everybody knows I don't do chemicals on or in my dog, I would not put on or in myself. And we live in Hugo land of 10,000 swamps. We got a lot of mosquitoes. You know, and my dogs have never tested positive for heartworm. So can you enlighten us? How does heartworm work? Well, yeah, let's start by saying so heartworms are carried by mosquitoes. Yep. And when the the mosquito carrying the heartworm larvae bites your dog, it injects this specific larval stage. So there's only like this one larval stage, the L3 stage that is infective. All right. And then the heartworm preventive kills this specific larval stage. Right. So basically, it's not preventing anything in the future right. other than preventing baby heartworms from growing up into being big heartworms. So it's not technically a heartworm preventative. Correct. It's a treatment. It's a heartworm right. treatment. It is killing larvae that are potentially in your dog's body, like may or may not be. Right. And so that's why... Um, you know, when spring rolls around and people are like, you know, oh, my God, I didn't give the heartworm preventive yet. You have plenty of time because it is actually working retroactively. It is killing heartworm larvae from the previous about 45 days. That's another thing people don't realize is that you, you can give it every 45 days. It's now, there are issues with resistance yeah. in heartworms uh, because like all worms, any dewormer loses its effectiveness over time because worms figure it out. And the worms that are resistant to that chemical are the ones who survive. Um, but uh, the latest, uh, the latest um, article that I read said that, um, like, really there were no conclusions about where the resistance was occurring or how bad the situation was. And they're basically still saying that. But they're, you know, but a bigger problem is compliance. People are not giving the preventive enough. Oh, geez. So you know, it's one of those wacky things. Uh-huh. So uh, at some point, about 2003, that's when the (laughs) monthly heartworm preventive became a year-round heartworm preventive. What happened was the Centers for Disease Control in Atlanta announced that children across America were getting parasites from dogs and cats. Like this was an epidemic and it had to stop. So then what they did was they piggybacked a dewormer onto every dose of heartworm. So HeartGuard became HeartGuard Plus and TriHeart became TriHeart Plus and IverHeart became IverHeart Plus. And veterinarians were told to tell their clients to give this to their pets year-round so that every dog and cat in America would be dewormed once a month year-round so that the poor children could stop getting parasites from them. And is this healthy for our dogs? No, you cannot. You should not really deworm yourself year-round. Um, these deworming chemicals, you know, once might be okay, but repeatedly it's very harsh on your system. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's kind of funny. Like we used to... Um, deworm horses all the time like crazy well guess what they had a lot of problems with resistance developing in the worms yeah and so then they, everybody had to go to strategic deworming and now um the horse vet will actually check your horse's poop and find out if they have worms and how many worms they have and what kinds they have before developing your deworming protocol right. um and yet you know the dog and cat people are supposed to go nuts deworming their animals all the time they're crazy so you know because the thing too is that as far as intestinal parasites, healthy adult animals, dogs and cats, should not harbor worms. Like if they do have worms, it's telling you that there's a problem with the guts, not necessarily that, you know, if you kill the worms, everything will be okay. Right. Because you have to pay attention to the host. 
Now, horses, you know, horses and cows and whatnot have a different kind of synergistic relationship with parasites. So that's kind of a whole different story. Story, right. Um, but, but basically, if you have not started your heartworm preventive yet, don't panic. You have plenty of time. It'll all be okay. And, you know, I just come from the approach that I prefer to keep mosquitoes off my dogs in general. And so that's why I look at things that are more repellents versus waiting for my dog to get stung by the mosquito that's carrying heartworm. And then I have to worry about killing this parasite. Right, right. Now, um, with the the heartworm, or to repel mosquitoes, and now people have been having a lot of trouble with gnats, gnat bites. Okay, what what stuff would you, uh, same thing, bug off? Yep, the bug off garlic, essential oils, you know, all the various... Uh, Apple cider vinegar in a sprayer? Yeah, the lemon that- the lemon stuff as well. Okay, yeah, uh, boiling the four lemons, uh, cut up lemons in four cups of water, mm-hmm. but and spritz it on. Now, how often do you think one should have to do that? Well, it kind of depends. Are you go- spending the day having a picnic in the park and it's full of, you know, those midges and gnats? Yeah. And you might <laughs> have to do it repeatedly. Are you going camping in the deep woods? Yeah, you will. You might have to do this stuff repeatedly. Okay, so, but... So the heartworm, when you give that monthly thing, now I read, uh, I show, I seen a map that in Minnesota, because we have winter, that you don't have to give it till July 1st, because then that's the ones they've seen in June, because it, re- it reacts, it goes backwards, okay? You give it July right. 1st, it's for anything in, in June, right? Right. You give it uh, uh, July 1st, let's see, and then August 1st, that's for anything in July, September 1st, anything. And then they said that October 1st in Minnesota would be the last. So July first is the right. first. Right, it kind of depends on the weather. I mean, if there's if there's an you know a, a late summer and there's still mosquitoes around in October and November, mm-hmm. then you if you're going to use the preventive, then you need to give a couple of doses after that. Okay, do you use it? No, no, I don't. I you know I feed my dogs the bug off garlic, and I test my dogs for heartworm every year or every other year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, just, you know, to make sure that that they haven't picked anything up. Um, so like one of the recommendations that's out there is, well, if you're not going to use the preventive, then test your dogs four times a year <laughs> so that, you know, if they do get it, you're going to get a jump on that and catch catch right. that infection early. And it's like, you know what, if it if it brings you peace of mind. Yeah, do that. I am quite at peace with testing my dogs every year or every other year. What's the really from when the dog gets it. bit by an infected heartworm? How long does it take to show up at a test? Six months. Six months. Yeah. So if he gets bit today, let's say this is the June first print. Right. Year, okay? and, and so that's why, like, you know, through through the as the, as we get later into the summer and you know, people are coming in in August, anywhere August through November, and they're like, Oh my gosh, I f- I forgot to do the heartworm test this year. Can we do it now? I always tell them, just wait till spring. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll get a clear test result because we have six months without mosquitoes. Now there was a letter to the editor in the American Veterinary Medical Association Journal uh, about research that had shown that even in places that have mosquitoes in winter, the larvae are dormant inside the mosquitoes through the winter. Okay. You cannot get heartworm in winter. No. I know. No matter where you live, well, even if there are mosquitoes. Oh, really? Yeah, because the larvae are dormant inside oh, the mosquitoes. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. So, you know, and then part of it, too, is uh, feeding my dogs a more natural diet. So my dogs are raw fed. Um, I give them supplements to keep them healthy. Um, and so, you know, they they are more resistant to yep. parasites than a dog who's fed, you know, maybe a not so great dog dry food. food and has 
you know, getting lots of vaccines and whatnot. Right. Okay. Yeah, because uh, and then uh, what's a, a SNAP test? The SNAP test is the 4DX. Okay. So that's the tabletop test that your vet does where they, it, the, the part of the test that tests for heartworms is a very good test because uh-huh. it is actually looking for heartworm DNA. Okay. It's looking for the actual presence of heartworms. Even so, if that tests positive, the very next thing that your vet should do, draw a second blood sample, not that same blood sample, go get a second blood sample and send it to the lab for confirmation. Okay. Just in case you got a false positive. Okay. And heartworm. So, yes. Because yes. I always want, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have somebody... Um, some greater authority than myself make this diagnosis. Okay. Um, sometimes people, sometimes I get contacted by people whose dogs have heartworms. So I have one that I'm treating now. Um, and, uh, you know, there are natural treatments available for heartworm disease. So, yeah. So your choice is not just the imidacide or nothing. Right. Um, imidacide is the injectable arsenic derivative that yep. is commonly used. Um, and so there's a product made by a company called Amber Tech that is called Heartworm Free. Okay. And so that's what I have people use. It's an herbal uh, supplement that is uh, geared towards uh, killing heartworms. Okay. And it, it comes with very specific instructions on how to use it. Okay. So it's a really well-designed product. I also, I also do other things, right? So I'll use other supplements to support the heart and the circulatory system. Okay, let's talk about that when you come back because we've got to run. And if you got a question, you've got time for one last question. 651-641-1071. Be right back. Hey, hey, thank you for again for having us tuned in on your Memorial Day weekend. Greatly appreciated. Hopefully you'll get out tomorrow or, or do you have in this weekend and and uh, honor the, the dead and especially those. It started out Decoration Day, you know, to uh, practice uh, decorating the soldier graves with flowers. Uh, the South refused to honor the dead on Memorial Day until after World War One, when the meaning of Memorial Day changed from honoring Civil War dead to honoring Americans who died fighting in any war. And then you read your... Uh, um, on Memorial Day, though, tomorrow, the flag should be at half staff until noon, okay? Then raised to the top of the staff. So only till noon, half staff, then raised. I wonder why. Well, I should Google that. No. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but, okay. Uh, now, so we, so we, did, we covered the fleas, we covered the ticks. Uh, what else has been kind of predominant that you've been getting emails on or people asking you questions about? Well, I think really it's, you know, those those gnat bites kind of funny. Oh, gnats. Yeah, yes. pe- people are sending me photographs of their dog's bellies with mm-hmm. these red welts on them. Yeah. And, um, you know, really, there's there's not much that you can do about them. I mean, my my initial thing is just say, OK, get your dog off the grass. Right. I mean, if you're getting chewed up. Get out of there. Yeah. Don't be hanging out out there. Go back in the house where it's safe. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, you can use a little bit of water and vinegar. You can even add a pinch of salt to that, and that will, you know, make it antiseptic and kind of tone down the inflammation a little all right, bit. All right. But really, it's not something that you need to do anything about. It's not to panic about. Right. It's they got just like okay, we're sitting around a campfire and we got a lot of mosquito bites that night. You know, that's just the way it is. Calamine lotion for us, and then what, uh, half vinegar, half water. Yeah, for them. and also, you know, every health food store sells. Um, Calendula cream. So I've recommended that to some people. Calendula is marigolds and calendula cream um, 
is anti-inflammatory and soothing. They might have it in a cream and they might have it in a gel. Okay. Um, and then like, remember after your surgery, you, you were using rescue cream, I yep. think. So that's another thing that you can use. Basically rescue remedy made into a cream. cream. Okay. Um, so you to can put use it on that. the nap bites. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And these are probably not things that you would want your dog to lick off themselves. Other than the vinegar and water, that would be fine. Right. And, you know, or alternatively, you could use coconut oil, which is safe for them to yeah, eat. Yeah, there you go. Okay. And coconut oil is also anti-inflammatory and soothing. So mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of different things that you could do. But I'm not a big fan of, um, you know, everybody always wants to pull out the Neosporin. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think, uh, you know, antibiotics should be used uh, judiciously. And that's another one of those things where you have to think, do I want my dog to eat this? Right. Because that is probably the next thing that's that's going to happen. Um, if it's They're a place laying on their bed, reach. it itches. Yeah. yeah, and people always want to give Benadryl right away. Yeah. Did you know? I did not know this. Um, seizures are one of the most common side effects of antihistamines. Really? Yeah, I did not know that Benadryl could cause seizures. Oh, wow. Yeah. So all antihistamines can cause seizures. So after I read that, I got a little bit paranoid because then I had a client who was like, oh, I think my dog got some nap bites. I'm going to use some Benadryl. And I was like, wait, yeah. wait. Let's think about this. So there you go. <laughs> Boy, no, that's very interesting, though, that... yeah. They're, they're equating, they're, boy, there's some dogs this time of year, they're on. I heard one time a golden retriever was on 15 a day. 15 Benadryls yeah, and a the, day. and the thing is, you know, Benadryl is, it's cheap, it's over the counter, it's easy. But why are there 15 different antihistamines on the market? Because there's not one that works for everybody. Uh, and the whole point of the antihistamine is to prevent histamine release from the mast cells. All right. But by the time you have allergy symptoms, the histamine has already been released. So all uh, you're doing is preventing future release. Oh, but okay. Benadryl is probably the most common thing that people reach for and is probably the most ineffective thing. It's it, most name recognition. And once again, that's how humans uh, buy things. Oh. You, you know, I started reading packages, you know, as far as Benadryl. And then they, they, they oh, wait, try CVS, you know, things. So I'm reading the thing, the active ingredient, it's the exact same thing. You know, as Benadryl. It, 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 so, but we're right. so con- kish, con- conditioned to that word Benadryl. Right. And if you are going to use Benadryl, like, yeah, there are definitely legitimate reasons to use it. You know, if you're reacting badly to a bee sting, sting or something right. like that. But if you're going to use it for your dog, or I would not use it for a cat, but if you're going to use it for your dog, you have to make sure that the only ingredient is diphenhydramine. And that it's not one of the versions, like there's some that have Tylenol in it, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's... Got to read so you, the just, label. you always have to read your ingredients quite right. carefully. Yep, yep. So, uh, oh, seizures. Uh, that's what also, too, like a lot of this uh, flea tick stuff causes seizures. Yeah. And that's why, like, um, in a first aid kit, one should always have uh, Dawn dish soap. Because that, like, okay, if you put the spot on, say every reaction, you can put that Dawn dish soap on the spot. And, you know, work it right, in. But, right, but if it's it been a while, if it's been more than a couple hours, I would use Dawn dish soap on your entire dog. On the tied, oh, that, that's the whole purpose of that spot on stuff is that it's going to spread all over their body. Yeah, I don't get how you put it on one spot, how it gets all over the body. Because the oil on your skin is in motion. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Your, your skin is like tectonic plates moving around. <laughs> Look at that, Carly. You paid me to come back to you. Two things I learned today. It was very good. I like that. Yeah. Tectonic you plates. Were, you're listening. And, and, yeah, good. Listening crazy. and learning. <laughs> I know it. We are doing a lot today. Oh, man. That's all I have I'm to on, say. I'm on overload here. I'm nine hours. Probably. Act. Yeah. I got to go have a nap, but I learned too much. <laughs> <laughs> 
There you go. I think I'm going to the vet's camp tomorrow up at uh, Big Marine Lake. At noon, they're having a memorial service. And so the vet's camp Yeah, wasn't camp your brother a veteran, too? Yep. 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 He wasn't in any wars. He was you know, kind of in between. He was in there for National Guard for two and the Army for four, I think it was. Oh, my brother was in a war. Yeah. A different war. Uh-huh. So once again, we want to thank all the the veterans that served our, our wonderful country through all the years. Uh, 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 Source wants to thank them uh, from the KLN, fam- KLN family up in Peru, Minnesota. Uh, Wapiti Labs, Inc. wants to thank all uh, the veterans that have served our country so proudly. And then Northwestern Wisconsin Veterinary Clinic, same thing. They would like to thank all the veterans and their family and friends, too. Don't forget that. Uh, even though the veterans are over there, the family and friends are also over there in a way, <laughs> you know, with with these people, you know, that what they have to leave behind them. And it's not just everybody thinks of veterans as being, ma- you know, men. It's not. It's really gotten to be a lot more, you know, it's kind of almost a 50-50 deal now. And plus, don't forget our canine veterans, too. And then uh, Minnesota Cremation, uh, pet, pet Cremation would like to say thank you to all our vets. And so it's, it's, been, a, it's been a grand, a grand, grand day today, and I hope you guys have had a grand weekend. And what are you got any plans for tomorrow, Dr. Jess? No, just uh, relaxing before going back to work. Work, there you go. Well, you yeah, have what, two keep days cl- off? Keep cleaning the house. Two it's days. a work in yeah, progress. Yeah, I'm uh, How can they get a hold of you if they need to uh, get some more input? Through my website at holistic-vet-care.com. All right. And Carly, what do you got going for tomorrow? Are you poolside or what? Yes. You're poolside? Just like I was yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Look at you. Look at you. I yeah. was poolside too. I was I had my kitty pool. I was like the kitty pool, right? I was yeah. dangling. Hey, I was did dangling. Did you stick your feet in there? Yeah. And boy, I'll tell you, there's nothing better. It was awesome. I want to thank everybody for having just a grant, uh, allowing me to be a part of your afternoon on this Sunday. You guys have a great memorial rest of weekend. And thank you again to all our vets and service people.